Hello, Anime Talk fans, my people. I, I, I told you earlier in the week we had something special for you guys, and I'm really excited to introduce Mr. Kellen Goff. You may know him as he as Overhaul or Kai Chisake, or if you're watching the new Black Clover season, you may know him as the what is the official name of of it's the devil that's uh, it, we we call him the devil uh, he doesn't really have an actual name that i know of we just look at the wiki for that but uh the kotadama magic devil is what okay. we've been what we've been saying but right. i i still think he's uh he's ronin somewhere in there or true how, however his name was pronounced <laughs> but Speaking of that, we have Mr. Kellen Golf on the program. Thank you so much, Kellen, for joining us. I really, really appreciate this, and I can't wait to begin this conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. I, I, uh, I really don't do interviews all that often because I, I uh, abhor uh, talking about uh, me. <laughs> but uh, it, I, you guys were really nice at the cons I met you at, it, and I, uh, I, I figured it'd be fun. What the heck? Yeah, man, let's let's have us a good time. Before we start talking about Overhaul, Devil from Black Clover, and, and all your other characters, I want to get, because we've had a lot of fan questions that asked us when we got a voice actor on, because we had Sean, Ga Sean Gann from uh, Doc from Radiant, and we didn't, we didn't get a chance. Oh, I to love Sean. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Sean, because he, he listens, and, and that's my guy. But that's Ken guy. That, that's, uh, <laughs> that's Barrier uh, guy from the She is a Psyche. That's Ten guy. That that is true. I for, yo, and we talked about. I forgot. Uh, he did that because we because I'm supposed to have him back on when Radiant ends, and I was and he told me he was like, bro, we got to talk about this my hero thing, and I forgot which one he was. But you're right. Shout out to shout out to Sean. But I want to know, because because people were asking, how do you get into the industry? Uh, if you get anybody asking them their story and any advice you could give. So my first two questions are essentially just give us the story of how you got in the into the industry of voice acting. And for anyone trying to be, get into voice acting, is there any advice you could give? Okay. Um, back in the day of uh, two, early 2000s, uh, YouTube was newish, and uh, I was discovering the internet. I was making flash animations for my own website that's uh, offline now, but um, uh, I was doing it for Newgrounds as well. And... Uh, we got into uh, this new thing called Machinima. And before the channel uh, sort of uh, took that term, uh, Machinima was just a... Uh, it, it, it was a noun for, like, the type of, um, of animation it was, which was, like, red versus blue is an early example of it. Yeah. Um, so uh, we... We, uh, my, my friends and I would make uh, machinima out of uh, Super Smash Brothers Brawl Melee, uh, um, those two. And, uh, we, it, you know, it was fun for, you know, aspiring creators who were still in school. It was something to do on the weekends. And it, it helped us, you know, form our craft as, uh, as we were, like, growing up, you know? We, so we would have an edge up. So, um 
yeah, I found as I did that more, I love telling my own stories, but I love contributing to others more because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like a partner exercise and it's fun to help people get their, uh, their visions into reality. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I was the, I was the guy who did the acting out of all of the creators. So I, I did, uh, the voice acting for a lot of their things as well. Um, and you know, I, I had just figured out what voice act really was thanks to this. I looked it up more. I was, I was doing just musical theater and stuff. Um, yeah. So which helps a lot by the way, but I'll get to that later. Um, so I decided, I, I, I don't really have the patience to, uh, create these machinimas as much as I used to maybe I should go all in on this voice acting thing uh and I really really started to enjoy it and it slowly it became my dream uh there were some old forums the voice acting club and the voice acting alliance uh that really helped with the development of that because they would post jobs there and it was just like auditions are all every audition is practice you know you you improve with every one you do and you you know when you get critiques from others you can figure out what you did and if you should book the part cool but i just liked you know creating all these different characters whether they be used or not um so i did that for a long time uh started to go into more serious acting training and uh, voice acting training on the side with uh, with Bob Bergen who voices Porky Pig he I, I studied with him at uh, 15 or 14 I believe that's awesome yeah that it, it, it's 10 years ago now oh man I'm getting older <laughs> but um but yeah, that led to uh, being taught by Richard Horvitz uh, and Debbie Derryberry and Charlie Adler all, and David Sovolov, all brilliant, still friends to this day. And uh, eventually I just, I, I, you know, I kept going at it. I kept making new friends. And one of my friends sent me the audition for what would, uh, what I would book, which would be Funtime Freddy for Five Nights at Freddy's. Nice. So that sort of started me down. Uh, they, that was the first big one, and that's when I think people started to get their eyes on me. So, yeah, history from there. But as for advice, uh, I would say abandon any idea you have that this is about the voice. It's uh, first and foremost acting. Uh, you need acting training to get into this. Um because voice acting training is all good, but it should really be saved until after you're a good actor. Because then that's like um, learning how to make, I don't know, learning how to make spaghetti before you know how to crack an egg, you know? Yeah. It's a, spe it's a specialization more than, uh, you know, anything. But it's acting all the way. You, you got to get the basics to cooking down before you can expand your dishes and your repertoire. Yeah, exactly. You can't learn how to frost a cake if you don't know how to make the cake. <laughs> so, no, 100%. Um, so, uh, also, improv helps a ton with this stuff because 
when you're in, you know, the booth, uh, directors will throw things at you very quickly. And if you can't deliver uh, as quickly as they are throwing things at you, then, uh, you know, they, that ends. Maybe they'll think you're not ready or, you know, you only get one first impression with everybody. Right. Yeah. So want to make sure you're your best self before you uh, before you get in front of them. Just make sure you're ready, I, I think, is my, my last thing. I trained for nine years before I actually got in front of, you know, bigger people. And, and see, I think yeah. I think that's something our because I, I'm your age as well, 25. And I think that's okay. something our, our generation has trouble with the idea that oh, they think you can press some magic button and it, you have this dream, but you don't have to put the work in. You know what I mean? Like, the yeah. fact that you did that nine years before you even got your first significant role, and then I don't know how many years later it is, now you're doing overhaul, it just shows that you got to put the work in. You do. A, a, a lot of uh, today's, you know, it, it, they're used to instant gratification with the advent of technology. But Facts. No, but uh, nothing beats, you know, um, training it into your mind. Because if you want that same instant gratification that you get, like from a social media like or whatever, then the phone will be doing the voice acting, not you. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the it, it, the training part of it, I didn't even see as training. Honestly, I, I just saw it as going out there and having fun. That, uh, and and it I think was, that's it, a big thing. Yeah. It, it, it was it was fun for the entire uh, way. And if you don't have fun with it, what's the point, right? Yes, exactly. You got to you got to love what you're doing or it's work. And then it becomes I, I'm glad you said that 100 percent. I want to get into some of the things like how do you go about choosing what style of voice to use? Is that all director or do you because you're acting, you know how people take certain I guess, liberties with their interpretation of a character. How do you go about choosing that with style? You know, it's funny. I used to put a lot of thought into it when I was first starting out. But uh, as you, you know, practice this, it's like learning the words to a song. Soon you know them without looking at the page. And that's the same for character building when you're an actor. Uh you know, having a picture helps. That way I can determine how how old they are, how thin, skinny they are. If they have, uh, if they have bags under their eyes, they might sound more tired. If they, uh, you know, if, if they're... And what are their eyes like? That's a big one. You can tell a lot about a character from what their eyes convey. Um, so it, it's sort of just stuff you pick up, but... My method for coming up with uh, characters is, you know, the, the same as any other actor, really. It just, it honestly just happens. <laughs> when, when I, let, let me give an example. For Overhaul, it's funny. Uh, I, uh, I saw him with the gloves and the, uh, and the mask, and I figured this is a guy who probably always is trying to hide his allergies. So maybe a bit raspier in the throat because it, his throat is it, always being bombarded by these dust particles he's sensitive to. Um, and I, think I didn't that even worked. realize that. That's all. See, that's that's good acting right there because that that's so true because his quirk breaks stuff down and there's nah that 
That's a good pull. Yeah. But but the thing is, that's not anything I ever really um, uh, brought to words until this moment because uh, when you when you've trained enough and you look at a character, you honestly just uh, think of all that instinctually. When mm-hmm. as long as you're you're being the character as opposed to putting on a voice for a picture, then that stuff is, uh, you know, it, 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 it'll come naturally. 100%. And the other thing, the other thing is that I, I haven't talked about this, uh, too much recently, but I, uh, I am high functioning autistic. So, uh, it, it, when I look at people, I can, you know, see things that others might not. And I keep that in my brain for later. So like, if I saw how a sick guy was walking or talking, I might incorporate that in something else later, or, or an accent, or a, um, I don't know, a, a weird cadence that I hear. Uh, it, it, it's just stuff that, go people watching, I, I feel like it is a huge thing for that, because you'll find characters all over the place, just walking around in your neighborhood. You and people, you know, like to relate to realism. So if they see that in your uh, performance, that it might be based off of somebody you know, then uh, instinctually they'll probably like it more because they might have seen someone like that before too. That's why cartoon voices, as they were a long time ago, don't work as well anymore because it it. You can be silly. Yeah. See, and I noticed that they're getting more, I guess, more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? More, like you said, more realistic. As television grows and expands, it's like people are expecting more real characters to connect with, and they're seeing, I don't want to say better storytelling, but more intricate storytelling to where sure. the, the, the normal, just old-time way of doing things might not be the best way anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's it's one thing to put a voice on something cool, but if you can act with that voice and you can make us feel uh, for this character and, and, you know, as long as you can convey that that voice has feelings underneath and it's not just a vocal acrobatic trick, then uh, you you got a realistic character there. People are just, like, uh, looking for good acting. And and so we try to give it to him. I don't know. <laughs> no, and I think you do. You you succeed. I want to ask you: Was there always a love for anime? Because I saw you used to do video games. It, it, was the plan to always get into anime, or was it just like I'm looking for? I'm just trying to get work. Well, the plan was, you know, not anime per se. I uh, I've adored anime since I was a kid. I watch Toonami every night. I love. Uh, Bobobo and yeah, uh, Soul, that's Soul a classic. Eater. Yeah, I, I adore Bobobo, um, Dragon Ball Z, Naruto. I I, I was like one of those uh, weebs that would like make his own OCs and stuff. Probably lost in my mom's attic now, but um, yeah, no, it it wasn't. I I never really wanted. Well, you know, I wasn't. I was open to being in anime, but the thought never really crossed my mind until recently. What I was looking more for was, uh, 
I, I dreamt of being in video games and cartoons where I could, uh, you know, play with other actors in the booth and stuff. That always felt really like, like a dream to job to me. Um, but uh, my original plan uh, when I was a kid, I've only ever wanted two careers in life. And that changed when I was 13. I changed to voice actor, but I originally wanted to write children's books um, I might get back to that one day, but I feel like creating the worlds that I did when I was a kid also sort of, uh, was practice for this. So it was, you know, it, it was not always the plan intentionally, but I feel like life was leading me. Yeah. Like the, the puzzle pieces were just being laid the foundation and to yeah. get to where you are now. That's awesome. So I want to uh, ask, what was the first time you heard yourself on a property and you were like, damn, I'm this insert character here? Oh, you you mean like a popular property? Oh, just one one to yourself that was like, I, I'm, I'm this person, I can't believe it, like this is awesome. Hmm. Well, it, it, I mean, overhaul was very that. I, I never expected to get overhaul. When I auditioned for overhaul, I was like... Uh, almost done with bronchitis but i but i had had it for a couple months um and i didn't you know picture that was going to happen so that one took me by surprise and i was pretty giddy about that um of course five nights at freddy's was uh, uh it, i i was surprised how many people you know how like the number of people who were into it i was like dang um, but it, it's so, it's so hard. It, it's funny. I, I, it doesn't affect me as much as it used to. So I can't really remember. I'll, I'll just say, I'll say overhaul. And so my thing is my next question, since overhaul was one of those big roles for you, one of those foundation roles, uh, I saw you thank Colleen Clickenbeard on Twitter for believing in you and be, being a person that she met at a con. Just talk about a little bit about that that particular situation and about oh, how sure. that came about. Sure. Um, so that that was how we first met. I, I was doing a con. It was either Anime Week in Atlanta or Florida Supercon back when uh, it was under old management. And... Uh, I was there for Freddy, and they set us up on a uh, on a video voice or, or a video game voice actors panel where they where people could ask about video game voice acting, and uh, it was me, uh, Josh Greeley, who I will say without hesitation is my brother. He is so cool, and we we are he is just the kindest uh person ever he lets me every time i have to go to texas to record he lets me stay at his house he just like with even with no warning he's just like yeah sure come on over he he's great so love you josh and then uh the other is another brother now uh josh petersdorf who plays roadhog in overwatch and we uh we work together at universal studios hollywood so we've sort of forged a uh, a bond over that and uh, he he's very cool. And the last one uh, was Colleen. And so we all sat down together. I think there's still 
video footage of this panel on YouTube somewhere, but I I don't know for sure. Don't quote me on that. But um, but we you know we we sort of clicked on that panel, me and her, and afterwards, uh, um, she I I believe she was the one who asked me for my information. I was like, oh, oh really, <laughs> me, me? But because <laughs> Freddie was the only big thing I'd ever done at that point. Uh, I was doing some anime, but, you know, nothing as big as, you know. It. So nothing really happened with that for a while, which, which is to be expected. I honestly didn't expect anything to come from it. It was just nice to uh, to hear that. It was nice to make a new friend. That, yeah. That's all I saw it as. Um, but then a year later, I got auditions from her for Overhaul and uh, Tomaki, Sun Eater. And I actually, you know, Overhaul's audition voice was a bit different uh, when I first went at it. It was more of a Steve Bloom thing. Okay. And, and Tomaki was a bit softer. And. Uh, Colleen came back to me and said, if you can combine these two and do another take for overhaul, we might have something here. And sure enough, she brilliant one that she is. Uh, she, it, uh, it, it, I really resonated with it and it was a lot of fun to do that audition. Uh, the audition was the entire, uh, opening speech when he meets Shigaraki. So that, yeah, it was a lot of fun to play with that. Um, so yeah, no that that was uh, that was how that went, and uh, we've been at multiple cons since, and you know she she's like a cool older sister. One hundred percent crazy that in a parallel world, if there's the multiverse theory, that you could have been Tomaki. That that's a, that's awesome, man. Yeah, but, I'm I'm really glad Aaron Dismuke got it though. Aaron is brilliant in that role. One hundred percent. I really did love his his performance on that as well. The whole season was was amazing. And speaking of the season, what was your favorite moment of this My Hero se- season? Oh, this uh, of this season? Yeah, just of of your arc. Hmm. That that's interesting. I haven't been asked that one before. I would. I mean, I definitely love when Mirio and Overhaul are are doing battle. I love that battle. And I love, uh, um, the, uh, giant kaiju form he gets at the end. Yes. But I, I think my favorite moments would have to go to the smaller things where, uh, Colleen really let me play with my performance. Like, um, certain scenes where I was in, uh, I was in like the Shieha Saikai conference room, uh, like the one where I, uh, asked um, Shigaraki, uh, "You ever play shogi?" Um, mm. it, that that speech was a lot of fun, and you know, meeting the League of Villains for the first time was—that'll I, I, hold a special place in my heart because that is the clip uh, that was shown at all of the uh, conventions that Funimation brought me to for the uh, official panels. Um, like Anime Expo and uh, New York Comic Con. So, yeah, you, you know what? It, I have many favorites, but I'm going to have to say when uh, Overhaul, uh, you know, makes his introduction to the League of Villains is, is probably up there for me. And that's such a... I'm, I'm, I'm happy. You said literally probably my three... The moments where I think 
you showed how impressive a villain you were. The the fight with uh, Lemillion, that's a that's a great great montage of 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 acting. The one where you're talking to Shigaraki about Shogi and about how it's like, oh, I, I'm checkmating you right now, brother. You don't even understand. And then when you yeah. touch down, amazing. Like those are amazing, amazing moments. What was the hardest scene for you to say to record this season? Oh my goodness. Um, you know. Anything involving uh, his uh, the the a- the actual boss of the Shiei Saikai. Well, is he the actual boss? It 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 remains. Uh, it, it I I would say overhauls. You know, the boss. He's the second in command. He's the capo. But yeah. this is the boss boss. But anything involving him, because. Every time I recorded a scene like that, I always pictured me talking to my own dad. And I love my dad so much. He's supported me throughout all this and uh, even really helped me in uh, making some big things happen in this. And he's always been my best friend. And and we, you know, I can come to him about anything. So I would I couldn't stop my mind from when I was recording these scenes from. from thinking about disappointing my own dad and those, you know, the, the it, it was it was necessary to go to that place to bring a performance that was worthy of the scene. Um, I think it brought and, realism. I and really, I, I, I really hope that I did those scenes justice too because, you know, it, my mind was always in a dark place when uh, I was, you know, trying to make dad proud kind of thing. So well, I would say... Especially, especially, um, we we can talk about the very end, right? Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Um, the I was I actually didn't record the last episode where he had only a few lines. Um, uh, with uh, Colleen, that that was uh just done uh with um, Austin Fisk, who is the uh, audio engineer as well. And we, that one was very painful for me. That, that scream was mentally painful for me because, uh, I, I realized in that moment, now that his quirk was gone, the pain wasn't coming from his plan failing. It was be, it was coming from the fact that he would never be able to pull his, uh, his father out of that coma. Oh, yes. So that's where the pain came from there. So, and that was probably the hardest one. Oof, nah, you and I, like I said, I think you, I think you tapping into that brought some amazing realism to the character, and I can see the 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 pain. You can feel the pain on your voice. So I think you accomplish your goal on that. I I think this is probably I've I've said this because we've been recording this podcast. I think we're going on year two right now. But in year one. I, I, I'm caught up on the on the manga, and I'm not about to talk about that. But I, I said last year that I thought this would be between the 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 all for one arc where they they kidnap Bakugo. I, I said either that one or the Chisake overhaul arc would be the best one they had yet to offer. And I attribute that to a lot of the stakes your character puts on Deku because before he always had a blanket in All Might, yeah. but now now it's just him. Being that you were such an impactful character, even though you lost your quirk and I saw you tweet about this. Would you ever love to see Overhaul come back? Of course. I would adore to be him again. I, I Overhaul has a 
really special place in my heart. It, it was my first uh, big anime role, and he, it was, you know, an introduction to a lot of really good friends I have to this day and really good experiences that I'll keep with me. So to be able to um, go back to him and uh, relive all that and maybe make some new ones, I would adore that. And glad that, you know, Horikoshi didn't kill him because yeah. you know, Horikoshi doesn't kill unless um, he knows there's nothing left for the character to do. So mm, that would be interesting. Yeah, man, I think you would make a great like to bring him back in the right way. It would be it would be awesome. Yeah, I everybody has been hoping for uh, a prison break arc, and I feel like that would be the most appropriate way to bring him back. But uh, Rico uh, Fajardo and I were talking about this. Rico's a really good friend uh, now uh, because of this show. He plays Mirio, and uh, you know we we have these. Uh, these philosophical philosophical uh, discussions about uh, life and stuff, but uh, he had a really interesting idea that it would be the biggest thing that Airy could ever do to forgive Overhaul and uh, try to, you know, re- redeem him. And I would love to see, you know, Ch- Chisaki become redeemed like that because in the end he he only really I attribute Chisaki to uh, to Thanos a lot mm. because he only uses his power to bring about a universe he feels would be uh, better for everyone in the long run. Um so uh, he he's cure, trying to cure the sickness. He really thinks it's a, a sickness. He, he wants things to go to a more, you know, a, a, a place where people maybe aren't in as dangerous often. I feel like maybe deep in his black heart, that's what he wants. And uh, I feel like he'd be a great doctor if he became a good guy. So, you know, I'm always hoping for that. And Rico, you know, put, put that spark of hope. So thank you, Rico. That'd be awesome to see him make that redeeming moment. Oh, man, I I love that theory. I want to ask you, because like I was saying before, this is the first time we see, like, Deku without his security blanket, and this is, you're his first true villain moment, I would say. I would say that, yeah, yeah, Stain was important. Stain was, like, the foundation, but I attribute this to kind of, in Naruto, how they had Zabuzai, and it was his first real big, yeah. Uh, Naruto's by himself. I mean, of course, Kakashi was there, but this is n- like Naruto's first mission. This is Deku's first real, real mission. How does it feel to have that moment and and to always be like when people look at this series and when other people are trying to grow up and can, can, can consider this the Zabuza moment for Deku? And how is it working with Justin Brenner just on these scenes and connecting with him is like, I'm your I'm your enemy right now, you know? <laughs> um. I I honestly it, it it I I think I don't think that feeling is going to come to me like how I feel about this. I don't think it's going to come to me for a long time. It still really hasn't. I'm I just you know I I I'm playing a a role. I I that's all I really see it as. And as important as overhaul is, I don't 
you know, once I see the big picture and I've been detached from it for a bit, I'm sure I'll have feelings on it. But as of right now, I, I, I hate to say it, but I really don't know what to think. It's, it's an honor to be sure. And I am still fresh. It's still fresh. Thank you. Um, and as for Brian, <laughs> Brian and I like to uh, push each other's buttons when we're at cons and stuff. We uh, will will uh, you know mess around with the, each other like um, we can't. We both came from the same voice acting club, so I've known of him for a while, but I just got to be better friends with him right now. But we love. It. We're both trash lords. We love the same awful humor i once <laughs> <laughs> i once made him uh we we were at um galaxy con louisville i believe it was either louisville or minneapolis and we were on a panel together and uh <laughs> i made him i made him break i and 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 really really laugh in the middle of something serious he was saying because i mentioned the one guy who got a tattoo of rip brian griffin and i wonder what he's doing now <laughs> see he he has that same awful sense of humor and we bond over that um, that's awesome and at that musical theater when we were in new york we saw a lot of shows not together we we can't stand to be near each other but uh <laughs> to get <laughs> no, i'm kidding but uh but yeah we we love his uh, musical theater and uh, we have uh, nerded out about that many a time. So it's funny when we don't really let voice actors honestly don't really let the role influence their relationship. They just sort of like working with each other, like people in a stage production, the villain and the hero aren't going to hate each other in real life. It's they, they'll probably get on really well because there are all these serious moments and, all good actors, I feel, have a sense of humor, so they'll probably try to make each other break too. Uh, <laughs> it that that's what I love about this uh, camaraderie of acting is that we're all crazy in one way or another, and we're all okay with it, and we take it out on each other in the funniest ways. If you've heard, oh man, there are some Sabbath pranks that I can't go into, but Lordy, that guy is brilliant. <laughs> Chris Savage, oh my, oh man, that would be. I one day, hopefully, we can hear some of those stories. That's awesome. I want to uh, ask uh, you, only with his permission. <laughs> oh no, for sure. That's why I said in the future. But what's yeah. what's it like going from one huge villain in Chisake to now being like we talked about earlier, Kodama Magic Devil and Black Clover? Uh, I feel I feel it was. You know, I'm I'm thrilled. Uh, it's a very different kind of villain. If you have you seen it. Yes, I have. It is definitely different. He's very different from Chisaki. I, I've, uh, we've dubbed him. Me and Chris George and Dallas Reed. We, we've dubbed him uh, a cross between Frankenfurter and the genie from Aladdin. In mm. that he, he has that ecstasy, for lack of a better word, in each line. But he's still that chaotic neutral that could say anything at any time. So. He's he's a ton of fun. I love playing characters like this, and I'm really, really uh, grateful to uh, Chris George for uh, Chubbs for giving me the uh, uh, 
the opportunity to do that. And um, it's sort of, it, it, it's almost like a cushion for, you know, how Overhaul went out to go to, onto this fun thing already. It, it sort of makes the mourning period a bit uh, easier. easier. Um, but yes, it, it is a ton of fun being him. And I'm very, I, I'm very, very glad to finally, you know, be able to work with these guys. I, I'm really enjoying it. 100%. And that, and that is, like you said, it, it, I, I can imagine it's being easier going from the, just having the the loss of, like, overhaul being done. But now it's like, oh, well, I, I'm, still, I'm still this big villain in Black Clover and I get to work with and make some new friends. So that's yeah. super dope. What's your, what's your dream role if you could say you have one? I know you said you wanted to be doing cartoons and stuff. Would you ever want to do a superhero animated series? Oh, my gosh. I if if I, I have said this, you know, to it, every time this has been asked, I would adore, adore to either be a transformer or an alien on Ben 10's wrist. I Ooh. those are my two fandoms. I know more about those than any other medium. And I to be involved with it would definitely be a dream come true. Fate. That, All right. Well- Oh, go ahead. That in Pokemon, anything in Pokemon. All right. What favorite ant? Favorite alien on the Omnitrix? Oh boy, why you throwing the? Oh, geez, no, that's that's that one's too hard. I I could tell you uh, a couple of my favorites. Yeah, go ahead, and then I want Transformers after that. So okay, 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 fine. All right, so um, (laughs) I love. Sorry, I'm giddy because I love talking about this. No, that's awesome. I love feedback because I've always had an affinity for electricity. That's why I adore Kaminari as much as I do. Um, I I love the, uh, you know, that he can absorb anything and redirect it back. And his capacity is seemingly unlimited. That's really cool. And uh, I I always love Buzzshock the Megawatt since I was a kid. And I love Upgrade and Accelerate. And, ah, there are so many, dude. Um transformers uh i i go for the obscure guys i like volt and Mm. he was volt back in the day was something called a laser rod which still hasn't been done by hasbro if you're listening do it um (laughs) they he transformed into like a model t but all of the laser rods had like laser powers and i'm like oh that's so cool like looking at all them they had volt and electro and all those guys uh so i like that uh i love springer who who's a triple changer from a cybertronian car to a cybertronian helicopter and uh uh, first aid's really cool he he's like not ratchet but he's still a really good field medic I don't know. I'm I'm looking around my room because I I collect Transformers figures, uh, which is something that me and Cliff Chapin actually bond over. We both adore Transformers, so um, it, it's fun to be able to talk about that with him whenever I'm in Texas. Um, but yeah, I, I I feel like those are some of the tops there. I don't know if any of that is usable. <laughs> no, that's that's all you man. This is all this. I love this stuff because this lets us to get 
to know you as a person. And I really love all that because I'm a huge animated guy. The fact you said accelerate, upgrade, I, those were some of my favorite Ben 10 characters. Yo. And, and seeing your your Transformers characters, it's like, okay, I didn't realize there were this people liked all the side characters. So it makes me want to dive in it more. Well, it comes from I I've I hate the word hipster, but I I like the stuff that nobody else pays attention to because there's greatness to be found uh, away from where, where everyone else is looking at. So I I like I, I you know Optimus and Bumblebee and Megatron and Starscream the, those guys you know they they have a ton of time in the spotlight. I I want to this is an entire universe of and an entire species there's so many interesting characters to to find so i i really like you know seeing the um see i love a here i'll give an example there's a transformer named chrome dome and he was really popular back in the 80s because he was uh the headmasters and he was like the leader of the autobots during the headmasters anime um, but they, IDW 2005 completely remade him into this extremely interesting character. He, he's a cop who is also a Nemo surgeon, which means he can, uh, he has these retractable needles in his hands that he can plug into, uh, Transformers brains and see their dreams and sort of, real. Yeah. So, and but he hates using it because every time he does it, it it uh, heals him a little bit more. And he's got this uh, cute. Um, he, he's got Rewind as his as his uh, mate, who and they're adorable together because Rewind records everything and he makes like uh, little mashups for Chrome Dome. And so I don't know. It's just like when you look at the characters that nobody else is looking at you might find something yeah you might find uh, that, some greatness there yeah that that i, I didn't mean to go off oh off no something. that's that's awesome like that 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 we, we want all of that so my, my final question before we get you out of here is i asked this to everybody I, this is kind of like my question I, i'm sure it, it might have been asked but this is something i ask everybody yeah if you were the writer director producer to the kellen golf movie how would you want it to end? How would I want it to end? To end. Wow, that's a good one. Um, I want to do voice acting for a long time. And I want to do it until I'm not able to do it anymore. I really love what I do. Uh, so, I, just, I, I don't know. How would I want it to end? I, I mean, doesn't everybody say, like on a deathbed looking back with no regrets i guess it it's you know it, it it's a trope but i that that sounds good to me <laughs> look that's it, it's what you want and i i dig it I, I like i like i tell everybody i've gotten told somebody just said they want to die and be in the ground i've gotten told i want to sit on the porch with my wife i've gotten told i just want to run on a beach and in and, and, and the final I'll shot is be running on a beach in the sunset so i'll tell you what i'll tell you what the i want the the final shot. Um, I've always wanted to retire to Seattle. I love Seattle mm. to death. Um, I couldn't do what I do from Seattle. So uh, I, I 
but I'd love to go there because I love rain because I've always grown up in this California thing. So I'm kind of sick of sun, but, um, okay. but I love rain and murk and fog and, and something I can wear a sweatshirt in. So I think it would just be like me and maybe, maybe my wife and kids, uh, looking up at the space needle, um, me, me, uh, an old crotchety fart, but I'm still, wearing a hoodie and skateboard shoes because <laughs> I'll, I'll never get I, I'll never change my style man um, unless I'm forced to we'll, we'll cross that bridge but just looking at the space needle and it slowly like pans up to the sky and then we see the clouds and then the credits roll because I love clouds that's a great ending man Kellen thank you so much I loved all your answers this was an amazing conversation I hope your fans and, I, and my fans take something away from this. I hope all the listeners who are listening got something from this because this was a really, really amazing conversation. Tell the people they can find you out on social media. If you have anything you want to plug, whether it's shows, uh, charities, whatever you got, this you can plug away, my friend. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I, on social media, I'm mostly on Twitter. Uh, that's Kellen Goff. That's just my name. So I, I, I'm on Instagram, but I only like really go on there when I have something, you know, to post. Cause I like, I like just talking about, uh, random stuff on, on Twitter, but, uh, like announcements and, and really fun stuff will go on Instagram. And then, you know, uh, uh, Vine's predecessor, uh, bite. I just, yeah. I, I just made one of those and I kind of want to start making, uh, short form comedy like how it used to be in the early vine days i i have a real nostalgia for that so uh if you want to find me i'm killing Goff on there and then uh yeah black clover uh he i i don't know how long kodadama is going to be around i i kind of want to be surprised honestly so i'm not really reading any of the uh, manga all of the uh, justin cook um technique of uh being as surprised as everyone else um so yeah if you if you are watching the dub of black clover i hope you enjoy what we're doing there and uh look out for more stuff to come Uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff on uh toonami so 100 thank you so much kellen for coming on i uh, some of the other roles that i just want to shout out the reka from uh, rika from fire force oh yeah That was, was a lot of fun. My stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thank man. You. I, I wish he was around long. Same, man. Thank that you. was a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, and, for sure. And that's all the time. Oh, go ahead, man. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say that it was a lot of fun and, and you're really a uh, personable uh, conversationalist. And I really appreciate you asking questions that. Uh, I can tell you're really excited about as well. Oh man, that means that, mean, that means a lot coming from you. Thank you so much, man. You, you, ladies and gentlemen, who are listening, have a good one. Be sure to you follow Kellen on all social medias. Check out the Black Clover dub because it's gonna be a wild ride with him. So I'm super super excited for that. But thank you again, and you guys have a good one. Peace. Diamonds dripping off my face like I'm Latengen. Yeah, these niggas ain't about shit. Call them ten ten. Yeah. Niggas talking down and that's a spin bin. Yeah, niggas say they better, that's a big cringe. Can't fuck with the crystal, the one handed pillar. I ride for my niggas, yeah. Pull up and I kill you, won't even remember. I do this shit every day.